Hey, hey, Star Wars fans, it's Gary here from Spark of Rebellion, and we would love for you to listen to all of our brand new episodes when they land every single Saturday. Make sure you follow us on your podcast app of choice or pop over to sparkofrebellion.com forward slash listen. If you like the show and you want to support us, you can do that via our Patreon. Just head over to sparkofrebellion.com forward slash Patreon and come and join our other patrons. And thank you so much for your continued support. Now, may the force be with you and on to this week's Spark of Rebellion. Hello there. We would be honored if you would join us. Spark of Rebellion. Hello there, and welcome to Spark of Rebellion, your weekly Star Wars show, serving up reviews and general discussion on everything Star Wars. My name's Gary, and along with my co-pilot Mark, let's blow through the shield generator on Endor and get ready for episode three. How have you been, buddy? I'm all right, thank you. I didn't know where you were going to go with blow through. I'm going to be honest with you there. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is a regular PG showman. I know it is. I know you know what I'm like though. I'm like every now and again I drop an F bomb and I just can't help it. I get so excited. Mum, I'm sorry. And Chuck a Pete. I keep mentioning my good friend Chuck a Pete. He's uh, he's a long time friend of mine, born on the same day as me, and he's uh, he always comments on my Instagram, great guy. But then I feel I always feel really bad because I drop an F bomb and he's like, What has this guy become? I'm sorry everyone. No worries, mate. No worries. <laughs> it's passion. It's nothing but passion. Yes, exactly. But no, I'm alright, my man. I'm alright. How are you? What's been going on this week? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm good. I'm really good. Thanks, buddy. Um, I'm just over the moon to just be cracking through uh, and chatting about Star Wars every week with you. It's um, it's awesome. It's uh, we come down a little bit off the high from Celebration Europe, uh, Celebration Europe, Celebration Chicago, should I say, 2019. Um, just re going through all of that stuff, looking through all the announcements, uh, trying to dig through some of the bits that weren't the big stuff. You know what I mean? Because uh, we had the big trailer release for episode nine. We had Jedi Fallen Order, the game. Uh, we had a bunch of collectibles and whatnot. But there was a one thing that slipped through the net, which was really cool. Do you remember the old Lego Star Wars games? Oh, yeah, yeah. Classic. Yeah. So apparently a new one is on the way. Ooh. And that, that wasn't announced. They didn't have a big panel to talk about it. There wasn't anything uh, to get your teeth into. But it was just an off-the-cuff comment that somebody else made about the music uh, one of the producers or the composers working on i think working at skywalker sound or something said oh yeah and by the way we're doing the mix and everything for the latest lego star wars game and then that kicked off a bunch of rumors and stuff and somebody else commented saying apparently they're doing like a whole massive sequel trilogy perhaps or even a massive skywalker saga thingy so they're going to remaster some of the early ones put some of the new ones in. apparently but that's not set in stone, but uh, I'm well up for that, mate. I, I love those original Lego Star Wars games. You can kill a few hours for those. That is awesome news. And I, how the heck did that not get anything? Maybe that's for next year when they've formulated a little bit, a little bit more. But that's interesting. And hey, speaking of games, I saw a little bit more on Jedi Fallen Order just today, actually, um, which was the the setting of it is going to be obviously Episode Three kind of territory, um, Revenge of the Sith kind of territory, which really interests me because see, um, you, you, you're going you're gonna to be not just on the run, but I would imagine experiencing what it's like to be turned on by the clone troopers and, 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 and have thousands of these these beings hunting you down almost instantly. I'm, I'm really now getting more and more curious about that. And I, you know, I've always 
since I saw what the storyline was, I thought it was interesting. But I'm just just really starting to get more curious about, ooh, this could be interesting. And what are they going to do with uh, tying in things like Obi-Wan's broadcast and how are they going to tie in some of the events, uh, if they are, you know, on Mustafar, how are they going to, in particular, um, what are you going to see from the perspective of what the newly founded Empire said about the Jedi treason? which was effectively how they publicised it and, and made it into propaganda. I just You're going to see that. And I just think that's really cool, man. Sounds amazing. I cannot wait for that. When's it out? Uh, November? December? Yeah, November, November I think. Can you pre-order it yet? Yeah, you can. Yeah. I should probably do that, shouldn't I? Are you a PS4 or an Xbox? Which one are you going to get it for? Wait a minute, I know the answer. Let me. I'm going to, in my head, I'm going to write it down. Tell me. Xbox, dude. I thought you were going to say PS4. Sorry. <laughs> because I thought you were all like, you know, it's 4K, it's true 4K and HD. But now I know what you're thinking. Then we can go online and we can we can play and you can beat my ass at it. There you go, man. The Xbox One X. That gives you a, a, a bit of a performance boost over the PS4, so. Ooh, nice. I'm still on the S. I've got the Xbox One S. Yeah. Uh, which was awesome when it came out, but it's it, it just annoying that when they do that. Yeah, and there's a lot of buzz around the newer consoles. I think they're going to announce them at E3. So next year's PS5 and mm-hmm. Xbox 3, whatever they're going to call it, I have no idea. Um, they better be backwards yeah. compatible. I think they will be. There's been a lot of hype around, especially the PlayStation one. Yeah. Cool, man. Cool. Sure, yeah. Well, we should probably dig in, shouldn't we? What's, uh, tell us a little bit about uh, Patreon. Tell the guys where we can, uh, we, can, we can be supported over on there. What's coming up this week, bro? Patreon. Patreon, so cock. You can uh, head over to patreon.com forward slash spark of rebellion. You can find all the information on there to uh, support the show and subscribe on the various tiers and stuff that we've got over there. There's different um, benefits and stuff, and swag and all the rest of it. You can nab at whatever uh, tier. You can also get producer rights on some of those tiers, which is really cool. Um, so yeah, it's a great way to help us out. Um, we just to get the best quality out to you guys and plug that into some extra content uh, further down the road, which is all good. Uh, and we're also on the usual uh, social stuff as well. So there's Instagram, uh, look for Spark of Rebellion Show. That's the same on Facebook and then Rebellion underscore Spark for Twitter. Uh, coming up in today's show, uh, we're going to rocket through our top three want to see moments for episode nine, The Rise of Skywalker. Uh, then we're going to go into our uh, review uh, segment, which is going to be for the new, uh, the the Master and Apprentice book that's just landed uh, in the last week. Uh, and then on to our random spotlight, which is going to be for a particular character from, if I remember this correctly, the prequels, I think. Uh, so that should be good. So the random spotlight is just uh, a quirky little, we're going to just pick anything from Star Wars, a location, a vehicle, a weapon, a character, whatever it might be. And we're going to dive into that and, Look at the details. But first of all, our top three want to see moments from episode nine. Uh, I'm going to let you go. You, you made me go first last week. So you, why don't you crack on, dude, with your, your option, your third one? All right. All right. All right. So the third, we're going to go up to the top out with your number one again. So the third most interesting thing that I want to see, I think, is... A pr- and this is an obvious one, a proper Snoke resolution, a real actual resolution to it. I feel like 
he was introduced in Force Awakens and the last Jedi almost kind of didn't know what to do with him. Um, and I, I feel like it was done on purpose to a degree, but I almost feel like because of that, that blatant, you know, little bit of a disconnect between Abrams and, and, and Ryan Johnson, there, there was just a little, you can tell there was a little disconnect there. I'm not saying any of the films are bad because I actually love both of them um, in their own right. And I think The Last Jedi does a heck of a lot for the future of, of, of Star Wars. Um, but I feel like it was just, just a little bit underwhelming. And was that on purpose? I don't know. Now, interestingly, I, you know, again, I say this every week, like I'm a big kind of connectivity guy and I, I, I've spotted a few things recently out there. Number one on Star Wars Theory, which is, which is, is one of my favorite YouTube channels and, and I'm, you dig into it as well, mate. Um, but also just out there like on IGN and so on. And so they've got, in November, they've got this new Snoke-oriented comic book coming out. And it's pure Snoke-oriented, and it's coming out the month, almost to the day before episode nine comes out. That cannot be a coincidence. So I think that's interesting. And then, obviously, with all the Palpatine rumours and the resurrections and who the hell could it be and what's the connection, blah, 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 blah. I think that's interesting. Secondly, the, 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 uh, the other thing that made me put this on the list was, very recently, it's been brought into canon that when Obi-Wan became one with the Force in um, A New Hope, they ran through the flash of his life before his eyes. But not only that, a projection in his mind of what the future became, which included not very subtle cues for the fall of the Empire, the fall of mm-hmm. Palpatine, mm-hmm. but also the rise of Snoke and yeah. Luke's journey. Luke's fearful eyes, an aged old Luke. And there are a couple of things that interest me with that in particular, which are, he's, you know, if he's projected Snoke in that, in that, you know, the way that a Jedi sees his life before his eyes, before he passes to the force and and then projected to the future. There's something quite interesting about that insofar as will they kind of allow that to inform the way they handle Luke? You know, what happened when he passed to the Force? What happened when Yoda passed to the Force? Qui-Gon, the rest of them, all these Jedi that we've come to know and love, it opens up this, just this little bit of mythology that we can start to pull on. So that's got me curious. And I think Snoke is probably a big part of that. So yeah, that's my third option, bro, is I want to see a good, satisfying and mythology-led Snoke resolution. Snoke, I read you. Yeah, uh, I'm yeah. totally with you on that, mate. I think Snoke is one of the the biggest uh, kind of uh, mysteries in the in the sequel trilogy, in that uh, he's because he's such a big, important character, I suppose, that we know so little about. It, it's really, yeah. You, you said there was a little bit of disconnect between Force Awakens and the Last Jedi, which is obvious to see. I I reckon that. If JJ would have, got, would have directed all three, I, I think we probably would have had a bit more info on Snoke by now. Yeah. Just a little bit. Um, but it's a fascinating to see where they're going to go with it because for all in, you know, he, he's he's a goner, isn't he? You know, he's he's done a Darth Maul. He's in half somewhere. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm slightly with you on that, mate. I can't, I don't, I hope they don't spend too long on it, but it would be nice to at least get a little bit of exposition on 
where he came from and what he was doing and, you know, that kind of stuff. But uh, my number three is kind of linked to Snoke. Uh, my number three is I would like to see some more info on the Knights of Wren. Mm-hmm. Because the only thing that we got mentioned in in respect to those guys is in the in the Force Awakens. We there was the scene where Ray finds Luke's lightsaber at the bottom of Maz's restauranty pub thing, and she goes into this whole Force vision, and she sees Kylo Ren surrounded by the other Knights of Ren, and they all look pretty badass. And then I I think Snoke mentions them as well. I'm I'm pretty sure Snoke says something about them in passing when he's referring to Kylo. Um, but they just look like a really cool, like, you know, the scene in the force vision where it's like tipping down with rain and it's like, I think it's like five other characters in that, that group. Um, but anyway, they just look like a really cool, something that we haven't seen before. We've seen, uh, obviously tons of Sith characters and characters that use the dark side and all that stuff. But this looks like a proper, um, like a, a proper band of elite force, you know, uh, assassins or warriors, whatever you want to call them. Um, and they they were put together and they do operate under Snoke, or they did uh, under Snoke. So um, that ties in a little bit of what you were saying about having a decent resolution to all that stuff with Snoke. So um, it, it would just be nice to see how Kylo slots into that group because he's obviously one of them based on the name and whatnot. Um so yeah, that that's my my number three. I'd like to see a bit more information on how Kylo. Maybe they were teaching him stuff other than the Force, or the Force along with combat skills, or the dark side, skullduggery in general. I'm not sure, but the Knights of Ren for me, mate. Good shout, dude. I think there's a lot of interesting stuff in there as well. I feel that you know it was very. Um, popularly popularly theorized or at least kind of assumed that Kylo was the leader of that pack when it came to Force Awakens and and so what's that cup you've got there guys? Oh he's got his Spark Rebellion mug team. Oh you mean this Spark of Rebellion mug with my name on it? Oh that one uh, yeah come on baby. we do this we properly to, dude. We do it properly. We need to get those on Patreon don't we so if you're uh, one of the top tiers get some mugs out there. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, we're doing that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, yeah, it was theorised, wasn't it? Or assumed that Kylo was the leader. Now, interestingly, that's not necessarily the case. Like, I, I, I'm, I'm enthralled and, and always uh, interested by beings such as the Inquisitors, you know, from from Rebels. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, are, are the Knights of Ren another group similar to that, teaching Kylo something? Is Ren uh, a suffix, just like Darth is a prefix? Um, you know, are they called something else? Ren, each one of them, and was he a new member to the ranks? I think there's a, so much more, like you said, to tell in that story. And interestingly, you know, did they rise with Snoke? Were they disciples of Snoke? Were they the people that actually brought Snoke to be, to pass, you know, taught him something or... Uh, just an untapped mine of of really good stories there. So yeah, excellent shout. I'm really impressed with that one. That's a really interesting one. Um, so my second one then is actually, 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 I think we've chosen the same one, which is a strong <laughs> resolution to Luke Skywalker's arc. And we did choose the same one, didn't we, for this? I think so. Yes. Yeah. It's... 
The Last Jedi was both frustrating and marvellously satisfying when it came to Luke for me. Because you had, you didn't have him throwing down. Everyone walked into that movie wanting him to throw down properly in a, in a Duel of the Fates style lightsaber duel. Or some huge exhibit of the force that we could really tangibly see from the second that he displayed it. And the first time I watched The Last Jedi, I, was, I felt cheated. I was like, <laughs> oh, right, this is the most powerful, potentially the most powerful person there has ever been. We've not seen a thing. Then the second time I watched it, I was like, wait a second. We have just seen possibly the most powerful thing that anyone has <laughs> ever done. And also the, the savviness, the, the, um, the willingness to create legend. And I think when you, I was talking to a, a friend of mine about this, you know, we assume as the viewer that the rest of the galaxy sees the events of Crate and, and, and him defending the bunker like we saw it, you know, we, we, we saw that it was a, a force projection. The rest of the galaxy, of course, didn't see that. It, it was an inspiration to them. They, all they know is that the last Jedi stood down the entire First Order. Mm-hmm. That's the story. That's the myth. And it's what really interested me with that was that it's, 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 it's um, kind of speaks to my number one point in a second. The, 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 the way that for the first time Luke had brought together the fact that the prequels existed and happened in The Last Jedi when they're in that kind of uh, little temple area. He says to Rey, you know, this is what happened. It was the hubris of the Jedi and and, and essentially the apathy that caused Darth uh, Sidious to be able to rise to power. And what really interests me with that is that, like I said earlier, propaganda by the Empire, which allows Palpatine to maintain such a strong just a strong grip over the entire galaxy, obviously through force and domination, but also that propaganda, the Jedi turned against us, it was treason. This is what happened to me. I was attacked by a Jedi. The ability for Luke to actually use his smarts and do something, which is essentially the exact same thing. Propaganda, inspiration, motivation, seeding legends and seeding myth. I just thought that was a really well-written piece but the fan, the Luke Skywalker throwing down fan in me wants to see more of what happened to him. And also, I still want to see him be the kick-ass Luke Skywalker that we know he can be physically. Um, so that's, that's the reasoning for me. What, uh, what, where's your head at with that, man? Uh, yeah, in a similar, a similar vein, I think, to what you were saying. Um, uh, for me, I just want to, I want to have a bit of a turnaround for Luke's character. Because... Uh, exactly like you, uh, I was in torn in two directions with The Last Jedi. Uh, when I first watched it, I thought, no, 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 no. You know, that, that's, not, that's not Luke Skywalker. That's not what happens to the farm boy who went off on the adventure. That's not how his story ends. But then the second time I watched it, I thought, well, actually, you know, they've got to take some risks here. You know, we can't just... Because The Force Awakens, however... I mean, I love The Force Awakens... However, you can see the similarities between that and the new hope. So they can't just keep going through the, the sequel trilogy and just remaking stuff we've seen before. You've got to risk stuff. And if you're going to risk your biggest Jedi character, then, you know, that, that that's how you become great. You know, in 20 years' time, people look back and think, Ryan Johnson, man, he hung his balls out there. 
You know, he literally said, we're going to kill off Luke Skywalker. And I imagine at Lucasfilm, Kathleen Kennedy, all those guys, when he suggested it, they were like, what? You must be mad. But, you know, that's just... I mean, it kind of works, you know, when you can see the confrontation and everything and the sacrifice at the end and, and all that stuff, you can see it working. It's, you know, it's, it's a genius in one way. However, the fanboy in me, the guy that, you know, stood out in the back garden looking over across, just like Luke Skywalker did on his, uh, on the moisture farm, that part of me just wants a better resolution for Luke, a better goodbye, a better send off. Um, and I feel like it needs to be linked back to a new hope a little bit more than just like you said, because some when you watched it, when you saw him throw down in Return of the Jedi, for example, on J- on Jabba's sail barge, and then later on with with Darth Vader, and he, he was just so badass. Like you could tell that his Jedi skills had got to a point where he was just it was a bit like um, Anakin before him just unstoppable to a, to a degree, just, you know, his skills have gone like mad. So I'd like to see a little bit more of a, let's say goodbye to Luke. Let's not say goodbye to Luke, the Jedi. Let's say goodbye to Luke Skywalker. You know, the young lad that started off the adventure, you know? Yeah. I love that dude. And do you think they, to get it past Lucasfilm or to get it past the board and, and Kathleen Kennedy and so on, do you think they built that Yoda seen in not only from an educational perspective but and, and, and to talk about the Jedi texts and and, and and the the um of all the knowledge in education but do you think they built that in because of the ability to introduce that interaction between a force ghost and a physical being so that they could take what looks like a risk with Luke knowing that actually for all intents and purposes it's not that much of a risk because all you lose is 50% opacity. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, well, probably. It's a bit of a MacGuffin, yeah. isn't it, from a storytelling perspective? Yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah, it's, um, I mean, they do allude to it in the trailer. I mean, in the latest trailer for episode nine, Luke says, you know, no one's ever really gone. So they're kind of, they're trying to save it a little bit. They're trying to, I think they're trying to reassure people. I think they're trying to reassure people and scare people. So the the reassurance part of it is like, oh, Luke's probably going to be around in some shape or form. But they're trying to scare people by saying that Palpatine's probably back. You know, so, yeah, the whole Force thing and the Force ghost thing, it's a bit... I, I, I For me personally, it sounds like they're just playing catch-up a little bit because they've, you know, you can't bring somebody literally back from the dead. So let's do the whole 50% opacity thing. Let's rock it. Yeah, it's like a retcon without being a retcon. It's like, well, we only gave you a little bit of information. Like, we didn't tell you the full story. Good Lord. But look, here it is. Um, But the fanboy in me is not going to be mad at that. (laughs) (laughs) No, no. Uh, Cool beans, man. So, yeah, we're matching on number two, pretty much. We are, Uh, we are, we are. Yeah, dude. What do you got for your your top spot, your top slot? All right, the top thing that I want to see in episode nine is actual strength in connectivity between all of the Star Wars canon content from the prequels to the original trilogy to the animated series and anything that they can reference and build in that alludes to a wider universe from the books. So what I mean by that is the prequels always felt disconnected because you had to use CGI and 
illusion and or towards the end of Revenge of the Sith, obviously, um, familiar props to show that this is part of the same world. You know, and, and aside from Obi-Wan and Yoda and a couple of the people that were around for the uh, the original trilogy, you know, the prequel trilogy, for all intents and purposes, it introduced a hell of a lot more concepts in terms of the political side of things. And it, 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 it felt a little disconnected. And then the books, the Clone Wars, the animated series in terms of Rebels and everything that's run between that has gone somewhere to bridge the gap between them. But we've never seen... Luke Skywalker really, uh, never really seen Princess Leia apart from in Rebels um, do too much. Yes, we've seen Lando in Clone Wars and, and I think in Rebels as well, but we've never had one of the OT characters outside of Luke in The Last Jedi acknowledge the fact that the prequels happened. And outside of maybe um, Alec Guinness as Obi-Wan in his little hut, in a new hope saying, well, you know, your father was, you know, he's in, in, in the Clone Wars and all that kind of stuff. And when he said it in The Last Jedi, you know, just that acknowledgement and the studious nature of Skywalker to look back and learn from history and say, this is what happened before, here's why, and essentially quote the events of the prequel trilogy was just fantastic because it made the story connect. Mm -hmm. And I think that's something that episode nine has to do. I think we're going to see more Anakin, in, to a degree, some way or the, or the other, whether it's a, a holocron, whether it's an actual physical appearance, force ghost, whatever. Because remember, you know, no one's gone forever and all that. It, 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 it just interests me that there's so much they can do to say, do you know what? We respect all this stuff. We respect that you've put the time in as the audience and as the fans. And because of that, we are going to, we are really going to conclude this trilogy and actually this nine film saga by saying we get it too. We're fans too. You know, we understand all of this. And I think when you've got the people like Dave Filoni who, who are involved and you've got um, the, the, the immense work in canon going on in other media, you know, anything from um, Resistance through to um, look back to Rebels and Clone Wars and the books and everything else that's going on, it would just be remiss of them not to just say, we understand that this is the the net around them all that pulls it all together. So that's what I want to see, dude. That's my number one. Well, that's deep. That's deep, man. Really oh, deep. I try. <laughs> it's um, you make a very a very valid point, and I think the only little inklings of that sort of connectivity across the wider arc and stuff is they they did it a little bit with Solo, didn't they? You had the Darth Maul. Um cameo at the end of solo so that links that that side of things whether they're going to make any more solo films it's meant to be a trilogy wasn't it whether they're going to do any more and bring Maul back to have a more of a meteor role I'm not sure but that kind of linked the prequels into what's going on modern wise but apart from that yeah it's uh you hardly hear any any reference or any mentions to all of the stuff that happened in a, and a lot happened in the prequels like a hell of a lot but none of it gets referenced so i'm with you on that mate uh, if they can somehow do some cool flashbacks or some discussions between characters or whatever yeah i'm with you on that dude well, there's got to be masses of unused footage um, and there's, you know, for example, the whole, we talked earlier about Snoke and that whole notion that he's got to have a backstory. We know out there there is footage and 
audio of, of Leah explaining that entire thing, a full mm. exposition of that. We know that that exists and that will probably be used in in episode nine in some way. Um, so, you know, what else can they do? What can they dig from the prequels? I mean, Hayden Christensen, you know, he got, he got lambasted for his performance, but he can only work with the material that he's got. You know, he's actually a half-decent actor when you look at his other stuff. And, you know, he's not, he don't look shabby. You know, he's he's not looking old, is he? Um, no, at all, no. So it's interesting. Oh, I'm gonna, Before we get to your number one, I'm going to throw in a question for you. Do you think they'll do anything with Obi-Wan in episode nine? No. I think there's or too much it? going on, mate. I think there's too much. But there is a, a danger that you can put in, you can just baffle your audience into thinking, what the hell, do, what's going on? I'm lost. Unless it's planned very, very well. But I would say, yeah, uh, I, I think Anakin's definitely going to make an appearance. And I think Yoda and Luke, obviously. I think having, yeah, I think having Obi-Wan's just, I don't know. I'd love it. Don't get me wrong, man. I would love it. I'd absolutely love it. But there's a lot going on already, especially with Ray and Finn and Poe. All those guys are off doing their adventure again and and all that stuff. Yeah, I don't know, man. Be cool, though. We shall see, brother. We shall see. Right, what's your number yeah. one, my man? What we uh, got? Yeah, number one for me, buddy, is uh, I would like to see Palpatine rocking and rolling just as he was back in the prequels. Now, I can't. this is all based on the fact that he's back in a physical form. I could be way off the mark there, and this could be... Palpatine back as another Force ghost or back as some kind of pre-recorded thing. I know they alluded in comics and in one of the video games that he planted himself within a clone of himself, like software-based stuff. It could be that. So this is all on my sort of fantasy that Palpatine is actually back in physical form. And I would love to see him absolutely throw down and cause heaps of trouble for... Ray, Finn, those guys, um, and really close off the trilogy. When we went back to our point number two, uh, going back to those points about Luke and concluding the trilogy around Luke and all that stuff, um, it would also be good to throw Palpatine in there in that conclusion somehow because those guys rounded off the original trilogy. So if we can bring that back full circle, maybe like a big force, oh, dude, a force ghost throw down Luke and Palpatine because if you think about it Luke and Palpatine never really got to duke it out in Return of the Jedi Luke just sat there and cried while he got electrocuted so if Luke and Palpatine can just go at it as force ghosts crikey that's the ultimate actually dude I never thought about that before that is actually the ultimate like screw Darth Vader maybe it's Anakin jumping <laughs> in to save uh, save someone this time oh man oh yeah because he was a badass wasn't he Oh god, yeah, yeah. And we spoke, we, we spoke, didn't we, last week about um, was it last week or episode one? Our to- oh, episode one, our top three characters, and we spoke about just how patient and manipulative Palpatine is as a character, and just how good he is for the for Star Wars. Like his performance, Ian McDermott, just perfect. So if they can do more stuff with him in whatever shape or form, that would be such a good thing for that film. It'd be really, really cool. Because everyone went 
bonkers at the if you watch the all the video reactions from celebration when they got to the end of that trailer it was just like the end of the force awakens where han and chewie come in at the end and everyone just lost their shit the same thing happened with palpatine when you hear when you hear that big cackle and stuff the roof just got blown off so he's a really popular character if they can make the most of that that hype it will be such it will be a really cool I, I can't December has got to hurry up. This is ridiculous, dude. It would be so good, and and it 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 plays into to what I'd love to see that I talked about the connectivity because everything from Battlefront to the books, everything is all about Palpatine's patience, and you know ultimately the Skywalker saga has always been about Palpatine manipulating and or being better, kind of against and set against Skywalkers, and. There's a couple of things that come out of that for me. Number one is patience. You know, we know he had the observatories on Jakku and we, he had one elsewhere that we saw in Battlefront. We know that he had hordes of, of, of Sith stuff. We know that he worked with Thrawn to explore the unknown regions. And, you know, that was Thrawn's ultimate goal was to find somewhere for when the, the Empire fell, where the First Order could rebuild. Um... We saw it with the admirals in in the like it was all planned. This this stuff is all planned. So I agree that would be really really interesting. Also, just to kind of finish up on that total speculation, it's always been about Skywalker versus versus a Palpatine, and we know that Ben Solo is a Skywalker. And who is Ray? <laughs> just saying. Just saying. I think that's awesome, dude. Yeah, Pal- Palpatine ripping it up and tearing, dude. If they do that Force Ghost thing. That you just said, yeah. oh my word. You can imagine like Ray and Kylo having a proper big lightsaber battle. And then in the background, Luke and Palpatine having their own throwdown. Dude, just like force powers going all over the shop, tearing it up. Come on. Come on. And it's so good. That, maybe that's <laughs> the kind of, maybe that's why they introduced the MacGuffin of Yoda being able to interact physically with, with the, the physical plane. Yeah, yeah. They should have hired us uh, years ago. Dude, don't even get me started on that. I often think I could write better stuff. <laughs> Definitely better than Justice League. We've talked about that before. I could have written a better Justice League film. Yeah. I'm not going to say I could do the same for Star Wars, but Justice League, someone at Warner Brothers, please hire us. Yeah, it's not difficult, mate. Uh, you <laughs> yeah, had a few honourable mentions, didn't you? You had a, a couple of stragglers that didn't make the list. I did, my man. Um, <laughs> the first one was uh, Finn actually being used for something, just anything, <laughs> just use him for something to progress the story. All right. Let's just, let's just see that. What are you trying um, to say? No comment. Okay. No comment. I mean, that was just pointless in the last Jedi. Let's, let's just use him for something. The second one was, um, Lando and Han's friendship somehow revisited. You know, that's been one of the staples of, of Star Wars in terms of, you know, the bro code. You know, you always had a number of different types of relationship. The bro code was always Lando and it was always Han. And everything that they'd gone through that you saw in Solo, everything with the Falcon and the relationship there. And I just, Billy D. William looked great when he was in the cockpit of the <laughs> the, 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 the Falcon for the, the, you know, that split second that you saw him. But he looked to be having the time of his bloody life. But is he... <laughs> How can he have the time of his life, you know, following one of his closest friends' death? So I'd like to see something done nicely with that. And the last one is just obviously one of the biggest question marks outside of any story stuff 
is how they're going to handle Carrie Fisher's death and, and, and working with Princess Leia. So the last one on the Honourables was just treating, treating the, the character of Leia and the legacy of, of Carrie Fisher just with a, a whole smattering of, of the, the utmost respect, um, which I think they will do. I think that's top of their list for the movie. Um, so what about you, dude? What did you have? Uh, yeah, the first one on my uh, list was uh, on par with yours. So in terms of Leia, just making sure that she's she has a, a lovely send off and it's respectful and so on. I think that's going to bring that. I think that's going to bring the house down. However, we say goodbye to Leia. It's, there won't be a dry eye in the place. I don't think. Um, I would like to see uh, Finn and Poe actually contributing to. So similar to your one, actually with Finn. I'd like to see Finn and Poe actually contribute to something that has consequence in the story. So they're not just used as a, a mechanism to move the plot along. They actually have some kind of decision or some kind of battle or something that, depending on the outcome of that, influences the the direction of the story instead of just tag-alongs, really. Um, I would like to see something happen or a decent acknowledgement to Chewie because he's been a character that's been all through you know, most of the, the, the well, he's been in all the OT and, and these ones. And there was a little tiny, wee little backlash, wasn't there, at the end of Force Awakens where everyone got the hump because Leia ran straight out to hug Ray and didn't even acknowledge Chewie, you know. Because um, remember, Chewie's lost his best buddy as well. So it'll be cool to see him team up with Lando, do that stuff. So I hope they do something with Chewie. Um, and just to finish off, I just hope they finish it off with just the massive emotional wallop that just leaves me crying with joy, with upset, with don't want to leave the, the saga behind, all that stuff. And I think JJ's the guy to do that. I really do. Yeah, I'm with you, dude. And uh, I noticed on your notes as well, something that you're not mentioned there, which is the allusion that maybe it's not quite the end. Do you think they'll do something with that? Do you think they'll leave a thread? Yeah, I think, I think so. I, I, I think the theme of this latest film really will be that, it, you know, nothing's ever really done and dusted. Nothing's ever, you know, people are still around, places are still around, things are going to happen. I know it's the end of the Skywalker saga, but I honestly don't think it's the end of, of Star Wars because we know that there's writers writing all sorts at the moment, another trilogy somewhere something else so but I just want it to leave I want in a similar way that Ryan Johnson did with The Last Jedi you know at the very end where the, the wee lad uses the force to get the you know the broom just a little tiny thing like that just to give us a little speck of hope that you know we said goodbye to all of these beloved characters and stuff but there is something else out there there's another there's another world another galaxy another bunch of characters somewhere just waiting to be explored and and stuff so yeah I hope so. Yeah, likewise. I, I can't see them not leaving some kind of nugget. It does does beg, does beg the question, like, is this truly the end of the Skywalkers as well, given it's, you know, it's the, the title is The Rise of Skywalker. You know, are you going to be able to get enough in in two and a half hours to satisfactorily wrap that? Um, do they start a new trilogy that, trilogy that is purely focused around a new line? I mean, I don't know. We don't know. It's just speculation. But I think you're right, buddy. I think they'll do something. Unless they go... End game, and do a three-hour and something job. I don't know. That'd be nice. 
I'm, I'd be well up for that, man. I'm, you know what? We're, we're recording this Wednesday, 24th of April, 1647. I'm uh, in 15 hours. I'm going to be sat there waiting for Endgame, mate, and I am peeing my pants. I mean, I'm not <laughs> peeing my pants. We should live stream. But um, I'm, I'm looking forward to it, dude. I've watched some of the spoiler-free, not reviews, but like the reactions to it, and it's just, apparently it's just just beautiful. Just bang um, on, yeah. Yeah, I'm excited, dude. So once someone said... If Infinity War is the brawn, this is the brains, which I'm excited by. Ah, right. Anyway, back to Star Wars, brother. Um, I'm conscious of time, actually. We've been rocking this for for 40 minutes, so I don't want to, in this next segment, which is kind of a bit of a review, I'm not going to spend too much time on this one, but just to put it on... On, on your radar as a listener and, uh, and and just kind of bring it to your attention is the old Claudia Gray book. The uh, Claudia Gray does some good stuff. Claudia Gray even from Del Rey. She does some, um, don't she do some like stunning books? Amazing, um, mate. Yeah. And always very mythology oriented. She'd done a lot with Princess Leia in the past. Um, I think she did Lost Stars, which is the one about the two um, empire um, a pre- not apprentices, what's the word when they go through, like the trainees, the graduates that go through the officer's school and so on. She did that book, I think. Um, just really, really good stuff. So she's done this new book that was came out last week, didn't it? Master and Apprentice, which mm. is the earlier years of Qui-Gon Jinn and Obi-Wan Kenobi. Um, so I'm about halfway through at the minute. And, and the reason I wanted to flag it and just bring it into this, this um, sphere is because I do think it ties into this discussion about episode nine. Because it's it's probably the most mythology heavy book in the Star Wars canon that I've read. Mm-hmm. Okay, and I'm talking here. We've got so this is set around seven years before the Phantom Menace, maybe eight. In fact, eight years because Obi Wan I think is 25 in the Phantom Menace. Obi Wan is 45. Uh, sorry, 48. And then you've got um, in Master and Apprentice, Obi Wan 17. So it's this real interesting setup. So as a quick kind of, um, I'm not going to spoil anything, but you've got this 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 juxtaposed set of ideals with Obi-Wan, who, as we know, is the negotiator, is very, by the book, is very diplomatic. Then you've got Qui-Gon, that's a bit on the Grey Jedi side, doesn't really follow too much of the Council's thinking, is much more about the old text and the sacred text. He's the one that opens up this ability to uh, live on as a Force ghost and teaches Yoda how to do that, as we saw in Rebels, or was it Clone Wars or Rebels? Um, so you kind of, you, you start to see all of this playing out, which is very interesting. You also see things like him being offered the seat on the Jedi Council. And you start to th- see things um, as well. They do flashbacks to his time being an apprentice with Dooku. So we don't only just get Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan's background. We actually get Dooku starting to think about the dark side a little bit. And and, and then the flashes in time. So you get a throwaway comment by Yoda, which is um, something along the lines of uh, in, 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 in when, when Qui-Gon's older, not as an apprentice, but a bit older, saying, you know, we need to investigate where Dooku's gone. <laughs> What's happened to this guy? Where is he? And you're just like, that is such a, well, it's a one-liner at the end of a chapter. And you're like, damn, that just, <laughs> that fills a gap, man. Um, so I'm loving it for that. And the, 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 main, the, the main kicker, the main reason that I'm loving this is because you get more on how it feels like Obi-Wan being an apprentice. He came in later age five, apparently. He, he, they set a lot up which leads into 
the Phantom Menace. So uh, again, you know, there's a lot of comments around Obi-Wan being one of the late bloomers because he was only found and began his training at age five, which they ordinarily wouldn't have taken. That's too old. And then obviously seven, eight years later, Anakin's there at age 10 and, you know, he, he gets accepted and uh, you, you start to sow the seeds of that. You start to see Qui-Gon wondering, is he a good master? Why has he not got the connection that other people have got with their Padawans? Obi-Wan thinking the very same thing. Um, and it's just really well done. And it, it leads into the prequels so really, really nicely. Um, and it's, you know, almost like I said about, um, and we postulated that maybe they've kind of put this plot MacGuffin in place about Yoda being able to physically interact in The Last Jedi. It's, they almost do five or six of those types of things in Master and Apprentice that make the prequels actually a lot more solid because actually there's precedent for stuff. Um, so, so far, yeah, if, if you're a Star Wars fan, just you've got to get your hands on it. It's, it's, uh, so far, it's a must read, I've got to be honest. That sounds awesome, buddy. It sounds like one of those books where if you're a fan of, because I can't get enough Qui-Gon, dude, I'll be honest. He's such a cool, almost mysterious character. We know nothing about his his backstory and all that jazz. So um, I've, I've pre-ordered, I pre-ordered this. I think it's um, it's on the Kindle at the minute waiting to be read, but I'm halfway through or two thirds away through another book, uh, another Star Wars book. So as soon as I'm done, I'm going to jump on it. Uh, it sounds awesome. So this Released, was it a week ago or a few days ago? Um, but you can get it. it. Was it hardback, Kindle, all the rest of it? Um, no, this sounds awesome, buddy. I, I, I can't wait to to just discover the relationship as well because it's not as... If you if you watch The Phantom Menace, you would assume that Qui-Gon's this, you know, real... Not perfect, but this real uh, Jedi character that's done everything by the book. He's raised a really cool apprentice and everything like that. This kind of delves into some of the uh, sort of less confident side of Qui-Gon, doesn't it? Um, and his, uh, and also Obi-Wan as well. So his potential, um, uh, well, he's, he thinks that he might have failed Qui-Gon in some way and all that stuff. So it dives into the vulnerability of the Jedi and not this all-powerful, you know, uh, guys that you know put, don't put a foot wrong so i'm really looking forward to diving into those little pockets of ah so it didn't go quite to plan and ah, this didn't work out and all that stuff so yeah man sounds really good it is man it's definitely got a uh well it's the 24th of april uh 2019 which means that cobra kai season two has come out and i was just about to say <laughs> master and apprentice has got a very strong karate kid feel to it <laughs> The uh, the uh, the truly the master and the apprentice. It's got very much that kind of feel to it. So if you're a fan of uh, fan of that style of film, um, definitely get 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 on top of that one. So yeah, check it out, guys. You can probably get it on Amazon. Uh, well, you can get it pre-ordered anywhere you want. Go and buy that and get into it. Who's the spotlight this week, bro? Have we got a person? Have we got a place? Have we got a weapon? Have we got a thing? What we got? Yeah. So spotlight this week, buddy, uh, is a character, uh, a character Ooh. from. Uh, predominantly the prequel films, and it's a character called Jocasta New. And Jocasta New uh, is um, uh, essentially one of the uh, Jedi Council uh, members, so she's a Jedi Master, um, who um, I think she found her vocation as a bit of a librarian, <laughs> uh, as opposed to a lightsaber a lightsaber wielding uh, uh, warrior. Um, so she she looks after the Jedi archives, basically. Um, and you would have seen her uh, in the prequels. There's the 
the classic scene where Obi-Wan goes, I think this is an attack of the clones where uh, Obi-Wan goes to the, the archives because he's trying to find out some information about the, the planet uh, Camino and they're trying to find it. And, you know, she's like, no, no Camino here. Nothing's going on. Um, so she's that character. She's the person that looks after uh, all of the um, Jedi archives and all that stuff. And um, uh, she also, um, she she survived, didn't she? So when Order 66 got executed, she um, she survived, I'm pretty sure. Um, and uh, she... Um, I don't know. I don't know what she did. I think she did something political after that. My my memory is a little bit vague on what she did after that. But uh, essentially, um, a very uh, cool sounding character. We when we pick up her character in, I think it's either the Phantom Menace or the Attack, I think Attack of the Clones. She's a fairly older lady, so we've sort of caught her at the latter end of her sort of Jedi life, if you like. Um, but yeah, apparently she. Um, She's a she's a pretty decent force sensitive person. She's got hate to say it, but she's got a decent amount of midi chlorians uh, <laughs> rocking and rolling. Um, but yes, why did you pick uh, Jocasta New, or was it just a you waved your finger and stopped? Almost no, it was interesting because it came out of Master and Apprentice. Now I knew that we were going to be talking probably about the whole episode nine thing. I knew that one of my pieces was going to be the connectivity between them, uh, the the OT and the uh, the prequels, and obviously the sequels as well. Um, so when it came to uh, Jocasta New, it was interesting because she crops up in uh, Master and Apprentice, where it says just a few months ago the new archive librarian, Jocasta News, started and she's riding Obi-Wan for always being down there because Qui-Gon always assigns him to go and get Jedi techs. And he's frankly just annoyed the hell out of it. He just doesn't want to do it. You know, he's a 17-year-old kid, don't want to be doing that stuff. And we see that relationship again revisited in Attack of the Clones. But I, I also seem to remember, and I'm, I'm the same as you, I can't remember what happened to her after Revenge of the Sith. And we should probably look that up. But I seem to remember in the Clone Wars... I'm sure, can you remember when, um, who was the bounty hunter? The, is it Cad Bane with a big old hat on? Who mm -hmm. did, yeah. it, didn't he do uh, or run some kind of attack on the Jedi Temple, some big audacious attack on the Jedi Temple in the Clone Wars? Yeah, after and the I Holocron. She, yeah. That's it. Mm -hmm. And I think she was pretty badass in it. If I remember correctly, like you said, she was a, 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 a Jedi master. And she uh, she chose the archives and librarian life as a bit of a retirement plan. But then obviously when Cad Bane comes around, I think she's pretty badass in protecting some uh, younglings or some Padawans. I'm sure that is in there somewhere. Ah, Rejo. Yeah. Um, yeah, and unlike you, my, yeah, my memory's a little bit sketchy, but I think, I think uh, Vader kills her in the end. I think uh, like some other Jedi, she survives Order 66. She does the off for a while. Right. And then Dude. I think the Emperor is like, right, Inquisitors, Vader, they're still Jedi knocking around, go and sort them out. And I think she, she meets her demise at Vader's hand, I think. I don't think you're wrong there, dude. I think you've got that right. Yes, good shout, my man. We should probably uh, get on the Wikipedia <laughs> for that one, shouldn't we? <laughs> we should probably research before we yeah. talk about it on the show, yeah. There'd be no passion with the research, bro. We'd just be like, we'd be like Obi-Wan in the Jedi archives. We wouldn't want to be doing that. We'd just do it for the love. 
<laughs> cool, man. Hey, this has been a fun episode, dude. I'm, uh, it's, it's interesting. We've got the segment, so you as a listener, you won't appreciate quite yet because we're only three episodes in. These will all launch together on May the 4th, um, which is coming up very quickly. You'll not appreciate that we are kind of going to dig into this kind of stuff in terms of uh, our top three X, our top three Y, our top three Z sort of things. Uh, but more so, we're going to be talking Star Wars news and, and, and digging into kind of more more um, timely stuff, aren't we, guys? We're mm-hmm. going to dig into that a little bit more as we actually launch on a live schedule every Saturday. But, dude, I'm loving this, revisiting, you know, the top three things we like, and we should we should do more of this when we even when we're doing the news, I reckon. Yeah, man. I love it because it gives uh, listeners a bit of an insight into what we think about Star Wars and the certain characteristics and and all that jazz. So yeah, if we can find a way to uh, to get that in, we'll certainly certainly plug it in, man, for sure. Sweet, loving it. All right. So listen, guys, check out patreon.com forward slash spark rebellion we're uh guys are probably gonna get mugs on there aren't we uh, we should probably get mugs on there yeah so if you want a mug if you want some stickers if you want to be an exec producer if you just want to support us please go and check out patreon.com when we get to 150 bucks per month in patreon um donations we are going to start introducing bonus content so if you want even more spark rebellion goodness uh go over there tell your friends as well any, any of your star wars loving friends uh, chuck us a donation over and we'll just keep reinvesting that we're not going to be spending that on uh, on cantinas we're going to be reinvesting that back in to the podcast uh, so go and check that out uh, what else we got guys uh, ratings reviews I guess I always forget that bit yeah so um, yeah, make sure you subscribe to the show on whatever your preferred podcast app is uh, drop a subscription for that uh, so that you don't miss it when it goes out um, and also if you listen on something like iTunes or whatever uh, if you could uh, leap over there and drop a, a review and a rating, uh, that would be awesome because that really helps us out loads and loads and loads. Uh, also, check out um, the social channels, so Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. Just do a search for Spark of Rebellion um, and you'll be able to drop us a like on there. Uh, post in some stuff in between shows, so get involved. Let's have a chat over there. Um, and as Mark said, uh, hop over to patreon.com forward slash Spark of Rebellion uh, and check out what tier uh, if you do choose to subscribe that'd be awesome uh next week for episode four we're going to be doing some more top threes uh, we're going to pick out some review and discussion stuff plus our random spotlights for now though may the force be with you always <laughs> <laughs>